Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. My title of my message today is Get My Priorities Straight. Get my priorities straight. It's kind of a funny way to put it, right? I mean, we've all heard it in our lives, get your priorities straight. And that's what I had for so long as I started writing this message even two months ago. I wrote, get your priorities straight. And God started to do something in my life and started to do something in my mind as I was being changed as I was writing this message. And I really believe that there needs to be ownership today of this title, get my priorities straight. Are you with me, church? See, it's funny because priorities can change in a moment, they can change in a season. And for me, it looked like 11 years ago when I came back from college, my number one priority was to find a wife. Now, 11 years later, my number one priority is not to find a wife, I got my wife. You know what I'm saying, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, I got that. And 11 years ago, I remember coming back from college, I went to college in Sydney, Australia, to Hillsong College, and I came back and my number one priority over ministry, over all that, I know that's crazy, was to find myself a wife. I was desperate. Early 20s, I hadn't had a girlfriend in two years. I was just ready to find my one. And I remember walking into church, and there was Brianna. She was the first girl I saw, and it was obvious she was my girl. And I used to stare at her from across the front. You know what I mean? I'd, sit up, I'd lead worship. I'd get down. I'd sit there, and I'd look at her. She was my number one priority. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy when you prioritize something that can happen in your life, right? It's pretty wild. You know, it's interesting, I, we got married, we had kids pretty fast, it was two years in. I say pretty fast, she says, uh, you know, I've been waiting this whole time, two years to have kids. Um, we had kids pretty fast, two years in, we had these kids. And, and uh, the beginning of having our kids, it was a little bit interesting because I didn't really know what it meant to be a father or to love sacrificially in that way yet. It was a little bit different. And so I didn't know how to prioritize my kids in my head. It was like one of those things where you just kind of like, okay, I'm going to choose to try to love them. And then they have a poopy diaper and you're like, hey, babe, can you choose to love them so I don't have to choose to love them? You know what I mean? But it was interesting because the first six months of my son's life, I couldn't really figure out how to like being a dad to a little baby. It was just like, I'm, I'm sure there's many men in here. I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but wives could raise your hands for the husbands, you know. But I struggled in the beginning. And I remember it was six months in, I was throwing a little fit. And Brianna just kind of like slapped me across the face, not literally. Um, and she said to me, she said, Alex, the only one who needs to change in this equation is you. Don't you hate when they do that, man? That's crazy. I remember I just made the decision the next day when I woke up. You know, I do a lot of things when I wake up. I, in my head as I'm taking a shower or whatever, I, Lord, I give you today. I pick up my cross today. I want to follow you. I want to live a holy life for you. I say things like that. And I started to say, Lord, I want to love my children. I want to like being a dad. And I remember it, it was a little bit of a journey, but now I love it with all of my heart. It is the most important thing besides being a great husband for my wife is my children and living that out. And I'm not perfect. Obviously, I'm never going to be perfect. Uh, but we're on the journey of prioritizing my family first. And can I tell you that sometimes you got to get your priorities straight in your head. And you got to make the decision to choose to prioritize things. Because it doesn't just come naturally sometimes, right? 
like the obvious things that we're supposed to do in our lives, the obvious way that we're supposed to journey this faith life doesn't really happen naturally. It's kind of a forced thing. The only one that can change in this equation is each of us. Get my priorities straight. I had to get my priorities straight. See, when we get our priorities straight, we become most effective in this journey of the calling that God has on our lives. When they are out of whack, we are not as effective or, and or not as effective at all. See, our lives should be in alignment with the priorities of the word of God and flow from that, amen? So often, there's a difference between who we are and who we want to be, isn't there? There's a difference so often because I know so many times we can wake up, we can decide, I want to be this. And yet who you are right now isn't that yet. And you're striving to be that. And it seems like every day you take a step and you're not quite there yet. But it's the journey we are on, amen. And I really believe that priorities help us to bring those things together. It helps us to make up the who we are to who we want to be into who we can be by simply aligning our priorities with what God has spoken in his word and walking in alignment with that and we can be most effective for his kingdom and for his kingdom come. Amen? See, if we were all to take a moment in here and we were to pull out a little note card, I didn't do this because I didn't want to take this much time with it, but visualize this with me, church. Imagine you had a little note card and it had a list of numbers. And you got to write down what your list of priorities would be in your life. We could all do that. And maybe you've already done that in your life before. You know, most of us, if we were to be honest, it would probably all be pretty similar. If you're a Christ follower in here or you're on the journey of that, it would probably look something a little bit similar to this list. God, family, job, school, friendship, health, entertainment, travel. Right, it's funny. It's kind of like a universal language with Christians. What's your number one priority? God. You know, I remember my, my friend, he lives on the border of Switzerland and Germany, and I've gone to visit him quite a few times. And when I went the first time, I remember everything was different. Signs were different. You go into McDonald's, you have no idea what to order. You're just pointing at pictures, right? That's kind of how it works there. When I got in his car, I looked at the, the gear shifter, and something familiar was there. And it was the letters P N D three two one. And I was like, why would you guys have, you know, English letters down, you know, on your car and not put your letters appropriate to those words. And he goes, man, you know, it's kind of because there are some things that are universal languages that we all just follow and adhere to. It was interesting because I was reminded of that as I was preparing this message that many of us just have these universal languages that we've lived by. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe you're new to church, but it kind of falls in alignment with this idea of God, family, school, friendship, health, entertainment, travel. Obviously, you entertain some, but most often believers put God at the top of the list. Wouldn't you agree? But I think we've missed it as Christ followers in the 21st century. Can I be honest with you today? I think we've missed it. So we've attempted to compartmentalize our lives into sections, into time limits that make sense. It's the culture we live in today. Everything fits into a time restraint. Everything attempts to if it can. It's how we live our lives. This will take this time. This will take this time. I'll allot this much time. I'll go here. We all have our calendars filled with all these things just to have enough time. But see, the issue where we've missed it is that we've put God on the list. Can I shock you a little bit in this room today? The issue and where you've missed it, and I've missed it in my life, is that God is even on the list. 
God was never meant to be a list of priorities. He's not a box to check. He's not an addition to our lives. He's not a friend that's only there when we pray. Can I tell you this and you need to hear me today? He is the list. He is the list. Our lives should be so intertwined that your family, your friendship, your job, your health, your travel, your entertainment should be with God. Everything in our lives should be intertwined with him. We should be living, moving, and breathing him. And him having our being and inhabiting every single conversation. Every moment you're alone in your house. Every moment you walk the streets and you give a homeless person a dollar. Every moment that you stand in the church lobby and shake hands and ask the true question, how are you? He should be right there. He should be right there. You know, it's interesting because 40 years after Moses settled in Midian, he was going out into the far reaches of the wilderness and he had his flocks of sheep with him. And there he is approaching a burning bush. What an interesting idea. I would probably run away, very fearful, if a bush was burning and not burning. Maybe it was cold outside, let's be honest. He might have approached it because of that. Who knows? Moses, he approaches this bush and God begins to speak to him through this bush. He begins to speak and give an assignment and a calling to Moses. Tells him to go free his people from the hand of Pharaoh. Moses, making as many excuses as he can, trying to get out of this, finally brings this excuse to God. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And you need to hear this. Then God said to Moses, I am who I am. See, God is not meant to be contained within a name. He's not meant to be contained within time, within space. God is so far outside of that. When he says, I am that I am, He's explaining to him that they will know who I am because of the power of who I am and the fact of that I'm so much bigger than any other God. I'm so much bigger than any other thing. We have to understand that God doesn't fit within the context of the way that we put him in our life. He is our life. He is our list. He is everything. He is every single part and every single priority. It is him. He is who he is. He says, I am who I am. God is the list. You know, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. You know, it's an interesting thought because we probably have heard this before and gone, man, I'm really letting God down because I'm not praying always. I'm not rejoicing continually. You know what I mean? It's an interesting thought, but I really believe the reason Paul is saying this simple truth today for us to hear is simply this, that God should be in your conversations. He should be a part of everything that you say, everything that you do. It should be a conversation with God, understanding, God, are the words that I'm saying right now bringing honor and glory to you? It's not meaning sit in your room alone for five hours a day so that you can pray. Although sometimes you need to do that, right? Sometimes you need to have that moment with Jesus. It's saying, let your life, be a continual rejoicing. Let your life be a continual prayer unto God. Amen? Are you with me today, church? He's not meaning literally pray without end. He's saying let God be a part of every single moment. Let him be a part of your devotional life. Let him be a part of your prayer life, your family, your ministry, your calling, your friendships, your work, your finances, health, entertainment, travel. Imagine the impact that a person could have 
Imagine the transformation. The struggle for purity is settled. The anxiety and worry is released because it is all God's. Not only does he take our good, he sent his one and only son to die for our bad too. He takes it all, makes it right, and he sets our priorities straight. You know, I don't know if you're like me in this place, but I have a big issue with deciding where to eat for lunch. I'm like, what if we go here? That sounds, and then we could maybe go over here. Sometimes I'll even like for lunch, uh, I'll go like grab fries from here and then a sandwich from here. You know what I mean? Like I'll be that guy. Judge me if you want. It's okay. It's not great in marriage. It doesn't work very well in marriage because I constantly am like, oh, I want to go here. And she's like, well, why do you always want to go there? You know? Like I have this weird, I just, I, for some reason, like orange chicken from Panda Express. Judge me if you want, okay? I just like it. I know people are judging right now. But I just like orange chicken from Panda Express. And I'm all, it, it's like my go-to. I'm like, Brandon, we should just go, we should go get some orange chicken. She's like, why do you always want orange chicken? You know, there's, there's this like disconnect that happens between my brain and my stomach. My stomach is hungry for food. My body needs to be nourished with good food. But my mind often tells me, go for the chicken wings. <laughs> go for the yuppie wings, you know what I'm saying? Anybody else? Any, if you don't know, you got to know soon. It's an interesting disconnect that happens as my body knows that I need this and my mind is telling me something different. But in the same way, I think there's a disconnect between our hearts and our minds. So often we know what we need to do, but our hearts maybe tell us something different or our minds tell us something different. This is all so good and easy, but there's often a disconnect between our hearts and minds. Our heart in this moment can feel encouraged to live, move, and breathe God. But our mind can play tricks on us. We are born into a sinful world, into a sinful world and a nature. And our flesh and spirit are in tension because of free will. We're constantly in this tension of our heart desiring to follow after the ways of God, to take the, the preaching of God's word and put it into action, but yet our mind plays tricks on us so often and we can live maybe a little bit different than what we want to do. So how do we combat this disconnect? How do we take charge of our minds and align it with our hearts? We have to root ourselves in Christ. We have to prioritize living the ways of Christ. See, you are meant to be oaks of righteousness. Can I speak that over you today? Every single one of you are meant to be oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness. In Isaiah 63.1, or 61.3, it says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. For the display of his splendor, you're meant to be that. Brianna and I grew up in the northwest where you have amazing trees, mountains. It's a beautiful place. We'd go on hikes. I know from my front door I could go snowboarding. I could go to a big river. It's a beautiful spot. But you know what we don't have in the northwest? Tree tunnels. I know you guys are shocked right now. Down here in the south, it's just a normal thing to you. You're like, what are you even talking about? For Brianna and I, it's like we showed up in Florida and we're driving on streets and there's trees over the top of these streets. It's one of the most beautiful things. I feel like we're in a Nicholas Sparks movie every single day. You know what I'm saying? Just falling in love. It's just beautiful. The sun's setting. The sky's pink every day. We went to Disney World in the morning. I'm just, yeah. These tree tunnels are so funny and so crazy to me that we're driving through these things. It feels like you're at a crazy, like, wildlife natural, natu national park, and you're driving through, and yet there's just trash on the side of the streets, and people are just like, this is normal to you. But we grow so, like, it's just normal to us to see trees of that grandeur. Trees that are that strong, that are that rooted in, that they can cover an entire street. That they can cover households. 
You are meant to be an oak of righteousness. You are meant to be a tree that's roots are dug so deep in the ground that when any storm comes against you, that you can weather the storm. You're meant to be a covering for other believers standing there, covering them, that when things come, when the rain comes, you're able to give protection and life. You're meant to stand strong like an oak tree. Can you visualize that with me today? You're meant to stand tall like an oak tree. And I want to say this today. Your root determines your fruit. Your root determines your fruit. Where your root is planted, that's the fruit that's going to come out. If it's planted in the dry ground, that's the fruit that's going to come out. If it's planted in the living water, that's the fruit that's going to come out. But nothing robs you more of your priorities than the hidden priorities that we gave no credit to. If I were to ask you to pull back out that card, and maybe in this moment you were to be really honest, there were probably things on that list that you didn't give any, any validity to. But in reality, it's more important than maybe some of the other things you're doing. Can we be real? Are you with me? I know this is crazy. What is he talking This is a launch Sunday. We should be talking about Noah and the ark. I want to be real with you today. We have hidden priorities. And if your root determines your fruit, then we got to align those priorities. Some of the examples of what hidden priorities of this list would look like is sin and addictions. To food, drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, pride. These things can rob you of the fruit that God has in your life. Unbalanced entertainment time. Man, I'm pushing a button this morning. Unbalanced entertainment time. What if it looked like shame? You're so buried and you've allowed yourself to root yourself in shame that I'm not worthy, but God says you're worthy. Worry and anxiety, that's something I can work through, right? I'm on the journey. These are all real things that we maybe didn't put on our list, but they're real things that are happening in our lives today. Burdens that we're carrying we're never meant to carry. Distractions like social media, TV, and a multitude of others. Laziness or fatigue, you're not taking care of yourself. I want to say this, and it might offend somebody, and I'm really okay with that today. You show me your time, and I'll show you your priorities. You show me your time, and I will show you what you really prioritize. You show me how you spend your time, and I will show you what you truly prioritize. You know, I remember when I first showed up to college, I lived in a very locked-down house. We couldn't even watch Ninja Turtles growing up. I know. We could not listen to secular music. I was the guy, like, sneaking off to listen to Hilary Duff. I'm like, oh, she's great. When I go off to college, you know we all have those like little rebel moments. Mine was not as far as everybody else because I go to like a Christian college. I'm like a seminary basically. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to step a little bit outside the lines of what my parents said. So I started listening to ACDC and the Beatles. And I was like, yeah, this is great. So still Brianna's like, you heard this song, right? And I'm like, no. But I love it. So we're taking our kids through uh, music history as much as we can. Our house is constantly filled with great music. Uh, because we believe that you can have a balance of it, you know. But I, I remember my first house, I walk in, and my friend tells me about the show The Office, which we never saw in our house. I just saw commercials for it. My parents would probably mute the screen, like, it's inappropriate. That was my first step out moment. I'm going to say first, you know what I mean? We can talk about that in a later sermon when you get to know me and you trust me. But um, that was my first step out moment 
And he had the first three seasons of The Office on DVD. I know, it's crazy. No streaming at that point. There's no such thing. I remember, I think it was 55 episodes. I watched them all in three days. <laughs> Has anyone in here, in here ever binged a show? Would you be honest in this moment? This is church. Man, a lot of you have never binged a show. I think, I think binging should be categorized as watching three or more episodes, right? That seems like you're kind of in a deep binge. But 50 or more episodes is pretty intense, if we're going to be real. They're short episodes, though. I remember in those three days, as silly as it is, I lost sight of my priorities. I was too deep in watching a TV show that I didn't do my devotions. I didn't take time to even pray. I wasn't even thinking about that. My mind was maybe on inappropriate thoughts with all that the office talks about. You know, don't go watch it. I'm not recommending it. But it is stinking hilarious. <laughs> office reunion 2022. You know what I'm saying? Let's bring it back. Let's just, no. But it was, you know, during that time, I, I didn't really talk to any of my friends. I'm just sitting there watching the office for three days. My priorities were out of the window. And that seems so silly in this moment because we're all laughing and, yeah, I've all done it. We've watched it. Netflix, yeah, I'm going to watch 20 shows tonight. It's going to be great. But show me your time and I'll show you your priorities. You know, in Exodus 20, 3 through 5, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image from anything in heaven or above, on the earth or beneath the waters below. You shall not bow down to them and worship them. See, I really believe that we've dug our roots into maybe things that aren't bringing life to us. That our priorities maybe are giving, a, are, they have a little too much attention sometimes. Because of the context of our culture around us, it's normal. We can talk in this place and be, it's normal to binge watch a show. But as believers, it's not normal to not be praying. It's not normal to neglect your time reading the word and letting it fill you. It's not normal to not evangelize when you go out into a place. That's the normal of the word of God. We have to reroot ourselves. It's time to dig up the roots and replant ourselves into the practices of Jesus, the life patterns of Jesus, the calling of Jesus, the moderation that Jesus would have in the areas of entertainment. And there's no better time than now. As we are planting a church today, why not replant your life into the practices and the spiritual disciplines of Jesus Christ? Can we do that together? It's so silly to even say binge-watching a, a show and relate it to this. But can I tell you that God's grace is so far sufficient, it is so far beyond us, that his love is covering every single moment of your life, that you can't be too far, you can't do anything too crazy for God. It might be small, it might be big, but God's grace is sufficient for you. So step in it, dig up those roots, replant them in the practices of God, in the spiritual disciplines, the word. Prayer, worship, solitude, fasting, stewardship, Sabbath, evangelism. These are just some of the basics of what our priorities should look like and what our roots should be planted in. In Psalms 1, 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on, the, on his law day and night. That person... Hear this, will be like a tree planted by the water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Don't you want your life to prosper today? 
Don't you want your life to prosper? Don't you want everything that you do to prosper? Your finances, your friendships, your relationships, your family. Don't you want it to prosper? Don't you want your businesses to prosper? If we root ourselves into the living water that God offers, we will yield fruit. We have to be rooted and planted in Christ. When that happens and we are fed by life-giving water, we produce fruit. So rather than putting God at the top of our list of our priorities, rather than putting him on the list of our spiritual disciplines at the top, why don't we let our priorities flow from the roots that are tapped in the streams of water? Fruit that can win your household to the Lord and lead your kids down the path of righteousness. Fruit that can feed your friends and sharpen them. Fruit that can win a city for Jesus Christ. Fruit that can disciple others. Fruit that can plant a church. Fruit that can give and fruit that can show love even when you don't receive it. That's the kind of living water that will come from your life. Amen? Amen. My challenge today for you, church, is simply this. Get your priorities straight. I'm getting mine. I want to encourage you to come on the journey with me. Let's get our priorities straight. And as I'm beginning to conclude, you know, I think it's easy for us to hear the word of God and to walk this journey of faith and kind of make up a list of our own. But I want to challenge you today that our life should never attempt to, or we should never attempt to align Scripture with our lives. We should align our lives with Scripture. You know what I'm saying? The scripture, we should, that is the way that we should be living. That is the way we should be reacting. That is the lifestyle we should be resembling, the lifestyle of Jesus. We should be apprentices of that. Rather than us trying to apply our life to scripture, let's apply scripture to our lives. Because it is the one that is alive and active and sharper than double, any double-edged sword. So in Matthew 6, it says, to seek first the kingdom of God. We have to align ourselves with that. In Mark 12, 31, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We have to align ourselves with what the word of God is saying. Amen. In Ephesians 5, it talks all about what it looks like to be a good spouse and to love them. In Ephesians 6, it says how we properly raise our children. In Proverbs 24, 27, it says to put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. We need to be great workers for the house. We need to be great workers in our community. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as our iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need to understand what true friendship is and apply that to our life rather than what the TV is telling us how it is to be a good friend. Amen? We need to apply scripture to our lives and do that. And in Daniel 1, 8, it says this, that Daniel, he tests the power of a healthy diet and what it can do and what it shows. We need to align our health with the word of God. In conclusion, we have Moses at the end of his assignment. And he's here with some of his final words to the Israelites before he passes the baton to Joshua. You know, we saw him at the start of his story where God first spoke to him and, and called him to set people free. And here he is at the end, right? Can we picture this for a second? Here he is at the end of his story where he's already set the people free and he's in the in-between. They're getting ready to inherit the promise of God. And here stands Moses. And this is what he says. Can I implore you today? Will you take hold of this and let it be your own? In Deuteronomy 30, 16 through 20, it says, for I command you today to love the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. 
and to keep his commands and decrees and laws. And then you will live and increase. You need to hear that today. Then you will live and increase. Too often we're living life holding it like this. Rather, give it to the Lord. Walk in obedience to him. And you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering into possess. I speak a blessing over this room. If your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away and bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess this day. I call the heavens and earth as a witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Church, now choose life. So that you and your children may live and that you may have the love of the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. Hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land that he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, Moses walked in his call. He walked in his assignment. He was faithful to what God had called him to do. And at the end of his days, he was leading the people to inherit the promises of God, the blessing of God, the overflow of milk and honey, the abundance of life that God has to offer. Moses got to speak them into the next season. I want you to hear this today. He is who he is. And he is calling each and every one of us to align our priorities with him. My main point simply today is that we need to align our priorities with Jesus' ways. We need to align our priorities with the ways of Jesus and to live it out so that we can produce the most fruit. We want to have impact in our city. And you say, why, did, why didn't you speak a better message of faith? Why wasn't this a great, exciting message where we can go and conquer the world? But can I tell you, it starts with you. It starts with each and every one of us owning the call that God has on your life. We might make excuses in a moment like this, but God wants to say he is who he is to you. And it's time to stand up. It's time to walk in the calling. And it's time to set a generation of people free in this city. Tampa is 80% unchurched. That means we got work to do. That means there's not enough workers. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So it starts now. We're taking up our tools. We're walking in assignment. We're living this out. And we are going to change a city for Jesus Christ. It's going to impact the world for Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 18 and 19, it says this, to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right here, right now, it's time to make disciples of every single nation. We are leading them into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ, and it starts with you. So would you stand to your feet? The beautiful part of all of this is we get to live in the grace of Jesus Christ, don't we? We get to walk in the grace of Jesus Christ. You're not too far gone. You haven't done too much. You're not too deep. He's right there with you. He hasn't walked away. He's got you. So receive the grace of Jesus Christ today and what he did on the cross. So, 
Would everybody bow their heads and close their eyes in this room? We wanna give some privacy. You heard me talking today about what it looks like to have a lifestyle of faith, what it looks like to live for Jesus. And you say, man, I, I've never done that or I maybe have walked away from that. And today I wanna make the decision. As we plant this church, I wanna plant myself in Jesus. Today is your day. So right here, I'm gonna give the opportunity. I'm gonna count to three. And if you wanna give your life to Jesus in this place or you wanna re-decide to follow him, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand at the count of three. One, God loves you. He sent his one and only son for you so that you might owe eternal life and you might know the freedom that he offers in this life. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. So don't wait another moment. Don't wait until tomorrow. Right here, right now, three. Would you raise your hand all across this room? Come on, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on, can we lift up a shout of praise for what God is doing in this place? People coming back to him. I see over 20 hands in this place that just raise their hand to rededicate or give their life to Jesus. This is a miracle moment. This is a start of God moving in and through people's lives. So right here, right now, we're gonna pray a prayer. And if you raised your hand, I wanna ask you, would you pray this full of faith and believe God that what you're saying will come true in your life? And all the rest of us, we're gonna say it along with them to partner in faith with them, amen? So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Make me white as snow. Give me a new start. I believe that you are God. I believe you sent your son. And I believe your son rose again. You are king. You are Lord. And I give you everything I have. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate people all across this room? It's a miracle what God is doing in people's lives, being made whole, being made right. So right here, right now, I'm gonna ask every one of you to raise your hands to the heavens. And I'm gonna speak over every single one of you and pray, and then we're gonna worship, and we're gonna sing this song, and we're gonna give it all to him. So right now, God, I believe, full of faith, Lord, that you would help us to align our priorities with your word. You would help us to move our lives into alignment with you. Help us to be rooted in streams of living water. God, that we would produce much fruit in this city. We produce much fruit in our church. Lord, we believe it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you do a mighty thing. Empower the saints to do the ministry in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing this out together. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.